Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast, where we talk with prominent healthcare thought leaders about emerging themes in healthcare IT. I'm your host, Matthew Albright, and I serve as the Communication Committee Chair for Weedy. That's W-E-D-I, Weedy, and Weedy is the producer of this podcast. Weedy is a national membership organization where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. My day job is Chief Legislative Affairs Officer for Zealous Payments, and Zealous's mission is to enable providers to simplify and save on their payments and claims. With me here, at least virtually, is this podcast's producer, Michael McNutt, Director of Education and Events for Weedy. He's also the owner of that big movie announcer's voice at the beginning of the show. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? <laughs> that's quite a that's quite a, a vibrant fantastic. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, Michael, we're excited to introduce our guest today, Tim Pletcher, Executive Director of the Michigan Health Information Network Shared Services. That's uh, a mouthful, but you may know it better as MIHIN, M, small i, big H-I-N. Tim is also CEO of the Interoperability Institute and CEO of Bellatura, LLC. And we're going to hear about all of those ventures. We're eager to talk to Tim today. He's been with MyHin since its inception. And under MyHin, Michigan has really been a, a pioneer in healthcare data exchange. So as the nation's healthcare industry prepares for implementation of the interoperability rule, we really have a lot to learn from Michigan, uh, from MyHin, and from Tim Pletcher himself about what Michigan has learned on its own journey. So Tim, welcome, and we're very happy to have you join us on the collective voice of health IT. Thank you so much. I'm uh, super excited to be here, and I'm really looking forward to a, a good discussion today. Terrific. So, uh, Tim, first, we're getting close to uh, probably about 10 episodes into this program, and we have a kind of tradition where we find out how healthcare IT thought leaders, such as yourselves, have gotten sucked into the healthcare industry, how they became interested in health IT. We sometimes gain insights into how our guests understand their own mission in healthcare by knowing where they've come from. So I've noticed uh, that you're coming from a unique background, I think, of both technology and management. That seems to be your superpower. So Tim, what's your origin story? <laughs> Thank you. So um, my origin, origin story is I sort of have climbed up, for those folks who know what the uh, OSI model is, I sort of climbed up from the bottom layer of pulling cables and building data networks back in the, the sort of birthing of the internet. Um, that's how I paid my way through college. Um, and uh, at the end of that journey, when I was sort of building networks for the College of Engineering, a doctor came over and sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, could you build a, a network for the University of Michigan Medical Center? And, uh, you know, I, that, that sort of sucked me away from uh, pure IT over in, into healthcare. And, uh, you know, one day in the healthcare system, I had breakfast with the CIO and he said, hey, would you be willing to be the point of contact for some folks over in finance for a re-engineering project? And I went, sure, sure. And then I went on to talk about more important stuff to me, at least. 
Um, but I found myself in charge of a giant re-engineering project to consolidate the patient bill uh, for like 40 different groups across the, the medical enterprise and become accountable to the CFO. And um, that, that led to me really being ingratiated into the entire revenue cycle. And uh, as part of that deal, I also got to hang on to something called special projects, which had all the weird stuff. Uh, and the weird stuff included interface engines and telemedicine and uh, you know mobile computing and, and just all the stuff that didn't normally fit. And so I had the, the perfect combination of where all the money is and where all the innovation is to, to make change. And I left to go to a startup uh, uh, right around 2000 to see what internet speed was. And I stepped out of healthcare to be part of the a startup organization based out of New York City. Uh, we sold the company right around 9-11. And I realized I wanted to come back and, and be in this sort of quasi-academic healthcare kind of space uh, where my heart was as opposed to sort of venture capital. And uh, ended up starting on data science, advanced analytics, uh, working with Fortune 500 companies and academia to use data to make better decisions. And uh, I realized that the plumbing was bad in healthcare and started a dialogue regionally to fix that so that we could use the data in healthcare to make better decisions and take advantage of you know, AI kinds of things. And so as a consequence, I uh, am now uh, the, the founding director, if you will, of an organization now 10 years old called the Michigan Health Information Network. And uh, you know we are on the cusp of being able to use all that information as I envisioned uh, 10 years ago. That's kind of exciting. I like how the uh, I like how your origin story starts with the birth, right? The birth of the <laughs> internet, and then it seems to end with this kind of blossoming, and it's finally grown up, and it's ready to go off on its own now a little bit. That's a great story. So, so it, it end yet. yes, we're we're still we're still on the journey for sure. You think maybe we're maybe we're not adults yet? Maybe we're still in like preteens or maybe adolescents, maybe right? So maybe it's uh, in the healthcare so, industry. We're 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 at least off of paper for most things. Good, good. So now tell us a little bit about MyHin uh, and the Interoperability Institute. And I believe you've got a few other companies that you're involved with, all kind of working on the same issue, right? But from different angles, as I understand that. And maybe overall, you know, what are you most excited with regards to your work in this moment? Yeah, so um, I'll answer that second piece first. And that, you know, basically what I'm most excited about is that it's clear that health information exchange is very relevant to making a difference for the sort of era of COVID. I think it, it's really driven that message home, okay? Um, but let me, let me just back up. You know, 10, 10 years ago when we started, uh, it was uh, timed along with the Office of National Coordinator, you know, really launching meaningful use and encouraging folks to use electronic medical records, which if you look back now has actually been very transformational for the whole industry. Um, not that there weren't bumps, but one of the things that initiative did is it also created uh, HIEs across the country. Um, and Mayan was one of those that got created as sort of a public-private venture. And um, we got to build an organization from the ground up and uh, really around 
being that focal point for integration for statewide information sharing. And that's turned out to be really positive. We early on had a bit of a, of a, of a stumbling point. And that stumbling point was we got everybody in the room and everybody nodded and said, hey, let's share information. Yes, yes. And specifically, let's share admit, discharge, and transfer uh, information. And in 21st Century Cures Act, um, you know, there's, there's these conditions of participation actually to send ADTs. Well, this was, this was 10 years ago, right, where we started uh, having that conversation in Michigan that that was a good thing to do. And everybody did the little multi-voting, and that clearly came up as the most important thing to do. But then when I went around to all of the hospitals to start sending that data, they all said, yeah, yeah, it's a great thing to do, but no, there's a lot of kind of competitive concerns, et cetera. And so we're not going to send that to you. And I was like, whoa. And then I went over to the health plans who were also at that meeting and they said, hey, that was a great meeting. It sure would be great if everybody could share those admit discharge and transfer notices. Um, but hey, we just wanted you to know that, you know, we're not going to give you any money. <laughs> and, and so we had uh, everybody around the table saying it was a great thing to do and everybody not necessarily stepping up. And right. the reason this is relevant is because it became a defining moment for everything we do. And that we, we really then said to the folks who pay for stuff and the health plans and said, hey, OK, well, use your use your market power to encourage people what we all know is the right thing. Let's tap into your incentive structure that you already have and allocate about 15% of it to encouraging organizations to participate in what we call the use cases. And they did that. And I'll be darned if within nine months, we didn't have 93% of all of the admit discharges and, and transfer notifications in the state, wow. which is unheard of in terms of radical process. And so that became what we really now call the use case factory, which is sort of a methodology to package up nuggets of data sharing and align them with either policy levers or uh, incentives where the money goes directly to the providers. It doesn't pass through our organization, um, but essentially people are, are either paid or punished to participate in data sharing. It's, it's not at all dissimilar to the, you know, fast forward to, to modern day for conditions of participation. But one of the things that um, we have in that use case factory is the ability to improve the quality of the data. And that, that means that basically we write these report cards based on the quality of the data that's being sent to us. And when we send it back to those uh, health plans or to the state, and then they look at them sort of like uh, like, you know, parents looking at report cards for giving out allowance. And um, that process uh, creates better quality data and encourages everybody to, to participate. And so my hen started on that journey with the commercial plans using their incentives for things like ADTs, but then using the meaningful use motivations to align public health. And so we had public health as our first use case on the state side and ADTs as a commercial uh, commercial health plan driving adoption on the other side. 
And we really were able to bring the public sector and the private sector into alignment, even though they weren't all saying, hey, let's sit down and work together. We became a neutral place to bring those two threads together. And that we're now at like 37 different use cases, all at very, very high levels of adoption statewide. And that that created the machinery that led to um, to Myhin's success. Once Myhin was successful, we got a lot of questions from people around the rest of the country. So the Myhin board decided that we would establish uh, what's called Velatura Public Benefit Corporation, which is sort of a separate entity to really work outside the state of Michigan to help help organizations. And last year, we created the Interoperability Institute. Um, and the Interoperability Institute is really focused on advancing the standards, but really helping people use the standards. Um, there's, there's a lot going on with FIRE, like for the 21st Century Cures Act. And so, uh, but, it, but it also became the home for our uh, health IT workforce. So we have about 80, 80 interns a year that are in the health IT space. And once we got up to that number at Myhin, we were like, hey, this is, this is like a workforce development program. So we took all that infrastructure to bring on early career folks and, and folks who are learning and put them through an advanced training program and bring them up to speed on, on this health information technology space. So that all went over the Interoperability Institute. And then to get people to share data, we'd done a lot with synthetic or simulated data so not PHI. And so we built a lot of tools to generate um, fake data. And that eventually became a solution we call interoperability land. And what that does is that uses a nice place to bring groups together to do um, hackathons and connectathons, something we call interopathons, to uh, learn all these new standards and technologies. And so that all got pushed over to the Interoperability Institute. So now we have these three companies, MyHin to sort of operationalize things in the state of Michigan, the Interoperability Institute to work with academics and standards groups and incubators around the country on moving the standards forward in a very applied way. And then Velatura to work with different states and different groups to try to, to sort of establish infrastructure in each of their own backyards. Very good. And and Bellator sounds, I mean, that's excellent that you've actually got a, a mode and, and have a whole new entity uh, to teach others uh, to do what you've done. Can you scope that for us? Uh, you, you, you tell a story of hitting walls and finding workarounds and hitting walls and getting workarounds over a decade. We're heading into the interoperability rule. We're trying to spread this stuff out on a national scale. Um, any, any, um, any high-level lessons learned that you think uh, that the nation would do well to pay attention to? Yes. So, again, this, this harkens back to um, you can solve a problem or you can build infrastructure while you're solving the problem. And um, the, the best analogy and, and, and um, you know, Dr. Friedman, Dr. Chuck Friedman at the University of Michigan uh, has a nice analogy that he uses of uh, trying to cross a river. And basically, you know, there's lots of ways to get across a river. 
You can get a little rowboat and go across. You know, you you can set up a, a ferry station so people can shuttle back and, and forth, or you can build a bridge. And then, you know, you actually never think about crossing that river again as a big deal. Um, and one of the key messages and one of the things that, that Bellatura does, and we have been successful at in Michigan, is building infrastructure. And um, if you think about it, if you got to get in a rowboat and go across a river, you're not going to want to do that very often. But if you put in a bridge, then you run back and forth that across that river and you don't even think about it. And if you do that five or six times across multiple rivers, all of a sudden people can, you know, go great distances and not even worry about all those delays. And that kind of enablement is the kind of innovation that we're trying to get everybody to pay attention to. So to bring that back home, if you're just trying to check the box on solving what do you need to meet the minimum threshold to comply with the conditions of participation and you know the API rule, you actually are missing an opportunity to create infrastructure to build a bridge that you're going to go back and forth many, many times um, as we sort of expand the, the distance and the circle of influence of capability that, that we're really trying to enable with these, uh, these APIs. Um, and that's, that's the key lesson, is to build reusable components that allow you to stack on top of it new features and functions. And you may not be thinking about gravity, you know, the fire gravity accelerator for your social determinants of health agenda, right? Maybe, maybe health equity is a big deal uh, for your organization, but you may not be connecting health equity to the 21st Century Cures Act requirements for patient access APIs, but they they could go together if you are designing your infrastructure the right way and, and building your processes and your relationships in, in a consistent manner. Very very good. So so uh, there's certainly a compliance uh, element to this, but uh, don't think of it just as compliance. Think of it as Building an infrastructure, building for tomorrow. Terrific. Yes, so thank you, Tim. When we, come back, <laughs> when we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Tim Pletcher, Executive Director of MyHin. For now, let's take a quick break and hear more about Weedy from our producer, Michael McNutt. Take a seat at the table and let your voice be heard at Weedy's 2020 Virtual National Conference, October 16 through the 22nd. Weedy's annual educational showcase of best practices and emerging trends in health IT promises informative and insightful presentations and discussions focused on standards, regulations, innovation, and more. Speakers from ONC, CMS, plus the top payers, providers, solutions experts, advocates, and health IT organizations will be on hand to offer their thoughts on the biggest issues as they strive for meaningful change in the American healthcare system. Open to members and non-members. Share our content with your entire organization with our special corporate rates. Learn more at Weedy.org. Weedy's 2020 Virtual National Conference, October 16 through the 22nd. We're back and we're talking with Tim Fletcher, Executive Director of MyHin, on another episode of The Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. Uh, so, Tim, at the beginning of the show, you talked, uh, you, you said something about the era of COVID 
and how that kind of emphasizes uh, a need for data exchange, but maybe also uh, emphasized, you know, how data exchange actually worked in our favor. So talk a little bit more about that for us. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, one of, one of the things you don't want to do in a crisis is sort of have to build new infrastructure. And so uh, the, the benefit of having HIEs around the country working, doing exchange of, of like lab data, lab test data, or these admin discharge and transfer notifications is you, you have a ready um, capability to quickly empower public health to get the data they need in an automated and reusable way. And, and one, of, one of the things that we were able to do, whether it was in the city of Detroit or around, um, around the state, is have a very reusable process for adding uh, sort, sort of like drive-by lab test kinds of vendors and so that they could begin to have the testing and have their lab results go into the same capability for routing and redistribution and public health communication that you would use for the traditional um, reportable conditions which we have in the existing labs. And so, you know, in, in days, we were able to get connected these new places for testing but most importantly, we could get that information captured and routed to the public health folks so they could make good decisions. But then as those test results came back positive, we could establish really quickly with existing capability, a COVID registry, and actually redistribute that COVID information back out to folks, primary care physicians, and, and anyone that they essentially had a, an active care relationship with. So that being able to do that quickly and as part of the normal routine is is absolutely a force multiplier that you don't want to you don't want to do that and invent all that new process and capability on the fly right and right. Um, coupled with that if you look at you know we, we have all the entities sending these these uh, admit discharge and transfer notifications you know within you know less than a minute so if you want to monitor volumes and capacity of what's being used in your hospitals, you actually have a real-time feed that, that nobody has to go to a website and type stuff into. You can actually tap into that to understand you know, how, how busy we are and what are we busy doing. Um, but then the other thing that proved to be a surprise was lab data is sparse with demographic information. Um, and that, that's, a, that's a real challenge with lab data. But you can then take that uh, admit discharge and transfer information, which is rich with where people live and, and sort of race and, and some of the demographic kinds of, of data, and enrich the lab data. And so one of the roles HIEs are able to provide is sort of pulling those pieces together so that uh, the public health teams can get a much better understanding of who is being affected and how and, and where. And so that, that was another big benefit that, that really arose out of uh, the HIE infrastructure being capable and, and ready to roll. Huh. Wow. And, and it, was there anything that uh, maybe Michigan or the country could have done better if we were a little bit further along uh, with data exchange? One of the sources of frustration for, for, I'll just say for me personally, 
is that HHS sent out these letters and told all the hospitals they had to send data. Um, and that, by and large, did not include the HIEs in the country. And I think we, we could have stopped some parallel processes from happening. And I, I think we could have provided a better solution, um, even today, than some of the ways that that's happening. Um, so there, there could have been some, there could still be, I think, some better alignment of leveraging the statewide HIE infrastructure to, uh, to, to make that reporting be more consistent of higher quality and more timely top to bottom. Right. That makes sense. And as we've seen with COVID-19, right, information was everything uh, on deciding which way to go with this pandemic. I want to break away from your uh, work uh, for a moment and just uh, talk to, to you as someone who has lived and breathed healthcare IT. Uh, and also sounds like you, you've done education and telecom IT as well. So any broader, more global thoughts about uh, where our healthcare system is headed uh, is it, uh, you know, are you aspirational and positive uh, about um, where we might be in five, 10 years? Oh, I am so enthusiastic about where we're going. The best okay. thing that came out of COVID is that they relaxed the rules for telehealth and virtual care. And um, if you look at the 21st Century Cures Act, you know, goals for patient access to their own information, and you combine that with one of the unintended consequences of just opening up uh, the, the sort of willingness to embrace and pay for telehealth. We are on the cusp of having a lot of brand new levels of consumer engagement in healthcare. Um, so I, I'm very positive about that. I think there are a lot of um, analytics, AI kinds of components that will systematically find the right home in this space. But my observation over the last decade is that interoperability is getting better, is getting easier, and the data is getting of higher quality in terms of its availability and usability. So between the, the, the convergence of the consumer component, um, some better understanding of where analytics and, and automation capabilities fit, and the sort of you know nascent consumer space that's about to explode, facilitated by a lot of the telehealth and virtual care things, I think we could see a lot more innovation than we've seen um, really even in the last decade. Wow, very good, very good. And, and that term convergence uh, kind of rings a bell with me because I think uh, sometimes we think we're living in 2020. It's chaotic. There's lots of things going on. We got telehealth over here, more interoperability rules over here. But actually, this is all kind of building and all going to come together. Uh, it helped with legislation, helped with uh, uh, organizations like yours, and then just organically as a, as a consumer need and as, as a need of the pandemic. That's a, that's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful uh, vision, actually. I like that. So, um, very much appreciate this important discussion, Tim. Uh, before we sign off, do you have any resources or any place do you think listeners should go to find out more, uh, anything else they should check up on to find out more about what you talked about today? Well, they, they can absolutely uh, go to uh, our website. Um, you know, if they, they want to go check out myhin.org, um, you know, they'll, they'll find a lot of the pieces for our own story there. Um, we also have an 
another link where you can find out stuff around the interoperability institute.org. Uh, Both places are a great place. Um, I'll just put a giant shout out. If you, you know, want to email me directly, I, we, uh, we're looking for apprentices. We're looking for interns who are interested um, in this era of being able to do things virtually and work remotely. Uh, we would love to hear from folks who want to, uh, you know, pursue kind of an internship opportunity. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I just want to give a big shout out to the Office of National Coordinator. Um, you know, they they have actually done. Uh, it, 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 you know, they actually are responsible for creating MyHand uh, many years ago, and I believe they're some of the unsung heroes for really um, continuing the interoperability uh, mantra of why this is a, is going to be a big deal. And uh, so, other than that, you know, the, the ONC is a great place to go um, for um, understanding an awful lot about where the vision is headed. Very good. And uh, the thing that I think about with ONC, too, is to be kind of a beacon and a, and a steady, you know, uh, the ship uh, that's pulling us all along is this has been they're on their third or fourth uh, administration. Right. Is, is so yep. despite the political winds, they have a mission. They're headed that way a little bit every year. So I think that's been impressive. Yeah. And I think Dr. Rucker's, um, you know, continuing to carry that flag forward uh, very successfully in the new era. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you, Tim. Uh, this has been a great discussion with Tim Fletcher, Executive Director of MyHin. Um, one of Weedy's primary functions is to keep health plans and hospitals and other providers educated on health IT. So uh, very much appreciate your time, Tim, uh, expertise that you've given us today. We look forward to having you again on the show. Thanks very much. It's been fun. Terrific. All right. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT a weedy podcast where the health information technology community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better healthcare system. Find this episode and many more on our website, weedy.org. Thank you all for joining us and be safe.